Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello. Todd just informed me she's painting her nails. Well, just so you didn't know, like, while I was looking down, like, that really <laughs> um, Anyway, we're back. <laughs> it was very, it was a very odd, like, I was like, I'm starting the recording and Kat just, like, lifts her hands up and then it's like, it started and it was just funny. The behind the well, scenes of this podcast. We're here. We're here. Um, and we are ready to go. So, uh, we're going to start with the Premier League. Yes. Yep. As per usual, um, on with the we're staying um pretty firmly in England this week um as a whole for uh, everything, everything for the most part. But like um, we are starting as we usually do in England. Um, unlike last week, uh, no crazy special news to talk about or anything like that. So we are just jumping right into the games. This um game week started Saturday bright and early. Everton. Spurs Everton Spurs 2-2 uh both teams want and as many points as they can get right now because Everton is trying not to get relegated and Spurs is trying to finish in the European spot I want to put the put it out there on Everton that if they hadn't had that 10 point deduction they would only be two points behind Chelsea right now does that say more about Everton or Chelsea I don't know, but my point was for Everton. Yeah. And being like, I actually don't think, I like, I feel like the past two years were like, how much worse can they get? They yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Looking better. Yeah, you're correct. You um, full- and so I think that it's a little bit deceiving that they're so low down, just because Absolutely. obviously they, they should really be in 12th place, but, or like not should be, but. They would yeah, be. It would be. But, um, Spurs, likewise, not really sure what's going on there. I felt like they've looked good, but also, I don't know. I don't know. I watched the end of this game. I caught the last, I don't know, 20, 20 minutes or so. I saw Everton's tying goal, um, which came at 90 plus four. I missed all the rest of them. The other ones were in the first half. Um, but yeah, that happened. Um, interestingly result, Brighton beat Crystal Palace four to one, really important for Brighton to bounce back in that game after they'd gotten clattered by Luton in midweek. So, um, four one was, is always going to be a good result for Brighton, but particularly good on the, for that to come on the bounce of the result that they had had. Yeah. They're just, they're still a little bit all over the place. Um, but in reality, are only three points behind Man United, who are in sixth place. So it's not; they're not that far behind. I can see them. I could see them. You know, if they can get if they can up a bit in the second half back of the season. to what they were looking like at the start of the season, they could definitely make a push for some European spots. This is a stupid question because I now forget. The top four is obviously Champions League. Is five and six Europa League and then seven is conference the Europa Conference League? Europe? I think. Do we get two for Europa League? Is that how that works? I think it's only... I don't know. I feel like it changed recently. because I, I know. Feel... That's why I was... That's why I'm confused. Well, we'll... 
it's 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 what it, what it is let me look at the table hold on it usually has like a little color thing well it has a box around tottenham who's in fifth but that's not helpful to me yeah maybe it shows i think i think it might be only fifth is europa league now and is one still the conference league six maybe is conference league i don't know i'm confused premier league europe what does that league even call conference? Did that league like go defunct and we didn't realize? Maybe. I don't know if that league it, I kind of didn't realize that league was a thing and then I didn't wouldn't notice if it wasn't anymore. So I never have watched it. I know West Ham won. This it says there's a pop oh, that's not the right season. Hold on. Let me look. Hold on. Whoopsie. We probably should have done this before we uh this was really an off the cuff. Do we? I got know you here. I got you here. Yeah, I was correct. One through four Champions League, five is Europa League group stage. That's it. Oh, so the Europa Conference League is. Uh... If you look at the for anyone wondering for any given league, <laughs> if you look at the league that like league table that Google puts out, they color code them for you, and then there's a key at the bottom. Yeah, no, I know that, but what what happens with the Europa Conference League? We still haven't solved that. Oh, Carabao Cup winners also receive a place in the playoff stages of the Europa Conference League. I'm still confused. It is what it is. I don't really care that much. I think they just don't know. Okay, let's just move on. It It does still exist. Well, that's, that's reassuring. I'm fine. I this this is an issue that I can manage myself. And we've already gotten sidetracked. Didn't we say that we were? I I we also just said we weren't going to get sidetracked. Okay, I'm so sorry. Let's just continue. If anyone does have answers for the Europa Conference League and wants to let me know, I would take it. But I also don't really care. Okay, back to results. Um, so Burnley get a point. They tied Fulham to um two goals from uh Datro Fofana. Um, one of which is another injury time, 90 plus one uh, tying goal. So nice. There. Um, but the real exciting game of Saturday was uh, the goal that the goal, the game that we predicted last week was going to be a really a good, good game. game and a really exciting game. And that would be Newcastle Luton Town. This, this is a, a shootout. shootout. Full game. Eight goal game and goals from the seventh minute all the way up to the seventy third. And so, I think it was all back and forth, right? It was Newcastle. Yeah, it, so it was it was one one, and then it was two one. It was one nothing Newcastle. Then it was one one. Then it was two to one Newcastle. Then it was uh, two two. Then it was three two, and then it was four two Luton Town, and then it was four three, and then four four. Um, yeah. So very, 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 I watched this entire game. Very, yeah, a lot of pretty good goals too. Like not just sort of like dinky goals, like a bunch of these goals are really good. Um, This is one of those games that I would recommend just going and watching a full replay of like the highlights would be basically the whole game anyway. So like, just go watch the whole game. um, If you would want to, like, it's it's a good, this is like fun, like, 
Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah, I always, I was very delighted with this game, not only just because it was a fun game to watch when you but don't have any, but also because, you know, people, anybody who's listened to us at any point in time, um, knows that I love being right. Um, yeah, we enjoy getting correct predictions and I love feeling validated. And what did we say about this game, Rachel? We said this is when it was going to be a shootout because both these teams are good offensively and not great defensively. And which is new for Newcastle, I would like to say. So I understand if people were. Yeah, but they've been leaking goals a lot lately. So leaking so many goals. I even didn't actually realize how many goals they were leaking until like the other week. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle has given up. They gave up four this past week. Um, they gave up, I guess they only gave up one the week before, and then it was three, and then it was four, and then it was three. Like they've been giving up a lot of goals. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but Luton will want points. Newcastle will want points. So it's a point each. Oh. Worth noting, this is at Newcastle as well. So yeah, which I, I think probably gave Newcastle a little bit of a boost when they went down. We've said it before. We'll say it again now. Luton would be, if it weren't for the fact that they'd gone on the first half of the season, things just like were not going their way, you know, like they'd yeah. get a bad bounce a game that would just yeah. make it so they didn't win or they didn't get points. If not for that, like if you were paying attention in that period, you kn- you knew that this could happen where they were going to be sort of like toe to toe with some big guys here. And they certainly are. Um, yeah. And I'm delighted. It's very exciting. I um, am so happy. You don't understand. Yay! I'm a less fan. exciting of a game. Aston Villa, Sheffield United. Um, this this was a... a, a, a <laughs> I watched the first 30 minutes of this. Aston Villa was up 4 nothing within 30 minutes. I, I turned it off. I didn't watch the rest. Yeah, I, I was not fun to watch. And yeah. Aston Villa could have been up 7 nothing in the first 30 minutes. It was Aston Villa just beating the shit out of out of Sheffield United the entire this is, time. This is a stupid question. Another one. I, I keep going out rabbit holes this week. I'm sorry. Do we remember the order to which they came out, they got promoted in? You know this question? You know what I mean? I do. Burnley won. Sheffield was two. And Luton was the third. I knew Luton was the third. Okay. I know that Burnley won the league because Vincent Company won. Oh, right, right, right. I forgot about that. Okay, thank you. That was just another, an inter- an interesting thing just to think about. It is interesting how that happens sometimes. Um. Anyway, moving on to Sunday, um, Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth drew 1-1. Uh, Chelsea lost, funnily, um, to Wolves. <laughs> Uh, they you won. Watch, I watched the highlights of this game. They won four. T- they lost four two, um, and their second goal was like a consolation goal towards the end. They were losing already. They got a goal in the back of the net. No, I mean they're they're four two, but like they really can't score. They're funny. They're very funny. On the other hand, um, Man U got it together enough to beat West Ham three nothing. Um, this was a better game. I will say this was a better game than the score suggests. Yeah, uh, I agree. But 
goal from also, did you see that from... man united is like now again like oh we have a team we're gonna be amazing yeah because that's it's this is the constant like, cycle it's the con- constant There's cycle a really annoying photo of okay of um garnacho mm-hmm. who else is it though i don't remember it's a bunch of the young young guys yeah um it was like garnacho uh manu manu and somebody else was it rashford i don't think it was rashford i don't know if it was rashford anyway good for you united i guess yeah so we get to watch the cycle of this again which is like oh my god united win a game and they're like we're the best team in forever and then they get their ass beat like fuck it ten hog out and then they win a game and they're like we're the best team in the world and then yeah so we get what a roller coaster if i was a fan i wouldn't like it i think i'm not gonna lie if i was a fan i think i would just never think my my team was that good but i don't know i guess i don't have enough delusion to be a manchester united fan so i think you're required to have a certain level of delusion that's that's true that's really true yeah i don't think i am capable of that level of delusion um which is a lot coming from me i'm capable of quite a bit of delusion you, uh, you are you, you are I'm but capable not of quite a bit area. of delusion. Uh, <laughs> but i think that even that that level is a, is a step too far for me um and then that takes us to the headline game of the weekend oh. arsenal liverpool we spent quite a bit of time last week talking about what we thought about this game um, and that it was really a must win for both teams. Um, the home team, which, as you suggested, Rachel, um, would be a boost, uh, did come away with the win there. Um, Arsenal ended up winning three to one. Not a pretty game, though, for the most part. <laughs> no, it's really yeah. funny. I will say I have I have some thoughts. It wasn't a pretty game. Liverpool's goal was really a disaster of a defensive blunder by Arsenal between I think it was Gabrielle and Raya like the ball just kind of like dribbled into it was really Saliba it was really Saliba Saliba. sorry sorry my bad my bad Gabrielle was there but he should have just been there to cover the back Saliba then mucked it up yeah that's my bad I just I got them confused in my head um yeah and so, like, that was just annoying. And then, obviously, Arsenal's second goal was a very similar, like, what the hell was Van Dyke and Allison doing? Out In my opinion, that one was worse. I do think um, that one was worse. Um, I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad good. they capitalized <laughs> on it. I just, like, so, like, between those two things, it felt like it did feel a little bit discombobulated. I think Arsenal, I think that, like, I was actually really worried because, um, we dop- I mean, we dominated that first half of that game um, in classic Arsenal style. And we did score actually not too late. We scored in the 14th minute, which honestly probably should have been like our third goal. But like, whatever, like scoring in the 14th minute, in my mind, you is were- a pretty good time to score. Like, that's when you want to, if you're dominating so much, like you want to be seeing yourself score in that time. I would have liked to see it sooner because I think that it could have been like 2-0 by that point. But well, it's very interesting to greedy. you say that because as I don't, I don't feel like it's, it's, I feel it's disingenuous to call myself a true neutral watching this game because obviously the outcome, sure, but you're neutral enough, my team, but a neutral ish 
a yeah, neutral yeah, adjacent yeah. enough yeah um yeah in the sense that i had no i have no allegiance towards either team while the result does impact mine um at the end of the day i it, it doesn't matter um sure. to me which team wins i i won't have personal feelings about who wins and who loses um i felt like it was funny my dad and i were watching uh the first half and not so much before arsenal scored because like you said arsenal scored early enough but for a good chunk of probably good 20 minutes after arsenal scored they squandered quite a few chances yeah yeah so that's so yeah so that's how i think and, they- and the funny thing is we said to each other we i said you know they might if if Liverpool scores before half and they go in one one, Arsenal might be in trouble, and they yep. are going to really regret not finishing some of these chances. Yep. So you know, at yeah. the end of the day, it ended up okay. No, no, no. But I think I think to get more to that point, yeah. Like so, I I feel there were a couple of ones, and I remember vividly there was one Martinelli passed in to Saka, which was before this goal, and that was when I was like, your header should have been at least on target. I'm less worried about those again beginning of the game I like seeing a score in the 14th minute I agree I think we needed we should have scored at least one other goal between the time when we scored the first goal and halftime again classic arsenal but um we really should have capitalized and you know a point of critique that I think that on this podcast we've been talking about a bit constantly um I will say when they scored that goal Liverpool scored that goal at the end of the half. I was like, Arteta's about to have to go into the locker room and probably have one of the best speeches that he can possibly have as a coach right now to like contain our team. Um, and you could tell, I don't know if you saw this, but I felt like I saw this. The first like 10 minutes of the second half, Arsenal was all over the place and Liverpool looked like they were about to score. Do you, I don't know if you feel that way, but that's how I felt. Yeah, I, I felt like watching it when I when Liverpool scored at the stroke of halftime and and not only that they scored but that they scored in the way that they did and I think that's the Uh, worst part right like there wasn't even a shot on goal that's that's always a bad time injury time first half extra time it's like the worst time possible to concede a goal um but to not only concede a goal but to like the best way to concede a goal is always to a moment of brilliance from the opportunity. Yeah, from- sure. Because you're like, fuck, I couldn't do anything. Because you're like, like you, not you Liverpool. More, right? Yeah. You, it's just brilliance from the other team. To give up a goal in the worst time possible to give up a goal. In like the worst way possible. In like the worst way possible. It was an own goal at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, like in the worst way possible to give up a goal is like the worst possible way to go into halftime. Especially when you're against a title rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it was like literally like, oh, the story is being written for Arsenal, like to like. Right, and so I think, and and in my mind, I was like, Arsenal are going to be in trouble because Liverpool is going to come out in the second half firing yeah, on all gears, which is exactly what they did, and they did. And I'm not going to lie, I think Arsenal started to bring back momentum before Martinelli's goal. But yeah. I think Martinelli scoring that discombobulated, like Liverpool almost did Arsenal a favor there yeah. in letting them build. They they started to build back some momentum. It wasn't all Liverpool anymore by the it was time. More even at Martinelli that point, I feel like. Yeah, point. I agree. But but did them that and that was a true mess. I don't know how Van Dyke and, and Alisson like missed it up. Yeah, it was bad because was unlike bad. 
unlike the Saliba Raya uh, Gabrielle mishap at the other end, like Martinelli was not that like there wasn't it wasn't like a crowded area like it was just no. the two of them and Martinelli there was nobody else there and Martinelli definitely was kind of just there to like be there I guess just I don't think Martinelli thought he was actually going to get the ball no 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 no. Um, of course not but then it landed to him and he was like oh open and, up. and he finished it beautifully but I think like it was very much an opportunity that Arsenal was was lucky they were kind of gifted the opportunity to completely take control of the game because yeah. from the t- from the point that that they scored for the rest of the game i did i never felt like liverpool was going to come back and win it no exactly i agree and, and the thing is is that like i do i do think that arsenal probably had the capacity to make that swing i think that they could have fought their way back yeah, into absolutely. the game without that sure um, they, especially because it would have like, been way more stressful like, and I think it would have been a, a lot harder so like thank I you. also think it might have the goal the second goal the next goal so to speak probably wouldn't have happened for another 10 minutes at least ex- yes I absolutely agree um and so it's yeah and like bad luck for Liverpool great luck for us but I don't think it's like oh Liverpool would have won that game if that hadn't happened no. right so I don't I, think like, I don't think I that's think, the case um yeah because I do think I do think Arsenal played. I think that them coming out of halftime and not even just like not conceding the goal a goal mm-hmm. is like really good for us. Like that like tells me something. Even if like we looked a little bit out of sorts, we weren't out of sorts really in our back line to allow something crazy to happen. And I I thought appreciate that there were two players that um i thought really look had excellent games yeah we probably will agree but Declan rice of course of course Declan rice has not had a bad game in an arsenal shirt i don't think no no no. he's been our best player all season he he didn't do anything he didn't do anything spectacular but i think i felt like Declan rice really kind of held it together in that first chunk that's the thing he never does Um, he never does anything too crazy but he's always there and always at the ball his job he keeps he keeps possession of the ball he wins the ball back in good positions mm-hmm. he does his thing on the other hand the other player I thought had a fantastic game was Martin Odegaard who I feel like has struggled a little bit this season yes, hasn't had the output he's had but my dad and I were saying during watching the game that they were like the only person better at the at the final ball and those who has a better passing vision than Martin Odegaard Definitely in the Premier League, maybe in the world, is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I would agree. Like, it's Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. and then it's Odegaard. He like, was on, and I, I wonder partially because I was thinking about yeah. this too. Um, he looks a lot better, and I do wonder because they were playing something slightly different in the midfield because they had Jorginho in, who I think played brilliantly in this game for someone who like normally isn't in our starting lineup. But I wonder if him being able to sit back. Because normally how we've been playing it has been Odegaard, Havertz, and Rice in the midfield, which right is in which different. case, which case Havertz is playing more as the ten. And yeah, Odegaard. and so I think that having Jorginho in there allows Odegaard to be the ten. And in reality, I don't. That's I think Havertz probably should have had a goal. I don't mind him playing out of the middle. I like him playing out of the middle more than him in the midfield or more than him on the wings. Yeah, I'm fine with him. I I really actually don't mind. I don't mind him playing up top. Um, no. 
But I agree with you in the sense that I think Odegaard playing the 10 is where he does his best work, um, for sure. Yeah, uh, and I think that we really... And I mean, that's the thing. I think Jorginho, he's older, so it's harder to maybe hope that we can get the same amount of production out of him every single game. But I do think that we need to move a little bit more towards having a little bit more of a stable having like two kind of stable people in the back one Declan Rice and I mean if Partey ever comes back from injury that would be amazing but he's permanently injured um but I think that'll freeze up the space for Odegaard in there and lets him be a little bit more creative and be in those pockets of space where I don't think he's as able to when Havertz is in there as well is in that same position yeah so I like it Yeah, I was going to say, do you have anything else you want to say about the game specifically? Because I want to talk about sort of like the larger repercussions for the game. Yeah, I think the only thing, just a shout out to Trossard for getting our third goal. It was a very, very nice solo goal. I think that, as I've talked about it before, I'm like, should he be starting? Should Martinelli be starting? I think either way, you get a starter caliber sub and fresh legs onto the pitch in that winner spot and they will make a difference no matter what. So I just have really liked, he's just been really so good for Arsenal um, in a subtle way sometimes, but he deserves a shout out because also I would like to say all three of our wingers as we have shit on them or I have shit on them scored Saka, Martinelli and Trossard. So whoops. (laughs) (laughs) I call that Rachel. I call that the reverse jinx. Yeah. Like, I saw some crazy it's things. It's like how every time I used to talk smack about Mares on Twitter, he would immediately score. That was very true, actually. Every I, single time. I, I think I, I do. It's so funny. And then we can, then we can stop. But um, just on the Saka point, because I think that, like, obviously, like, Odegaard, we spoke about. I think Saka actually played quite well this game. Um, there, He had a little bit less production because Martinelli was potentially just, like, destroying Trent Alexander-Arnold's career. That was clearly the better channel of the two wings. Um, yeah. Which, like, they clearly knew that and clearly took clear advantage of that. From, like, literally the Basically, they were playing kind of a box in the middle, and Martinelli was just, like, the outlet pass out of the middle, and he just was, the like, other thing, running. The other thing that, d- that that does, other than just take advantage of the the problems that Alexander-Arnold has defending, is that it also pins him back yeah, um, and sort of stifles his ability to do what he's good yeah. at, which is the offensive output. Yeah, so. and you and you could tell, but I was gonna say I I do think Saka. I I was actually looking at his stats, and his stats like aren't bad. Like his assists and goals, it's like they're not bad at all. Um, he's just not outputting the way he did last year. He, he, I mean, what he did last year was insane. That is what it is. But I I think he's he's growing into the season. I think everyone hypothetically is growing into the season right now for Arsenal, which I guess we'd like to do. see that. That's what you want to see. Um. So yeah, so we can talk a little bit more about like the grander repercussions of this because obviously for Arsenal, this is big. Like I think that, I think that I think it's big for all three teams in the yeah. title. Yeah, and, and and I think I think this solidifies the fact that Arsenal is in the title race. I think if they had lost this game, I would probably would have said that it wasn't probably feasible for us to be in the I- title race. I completely agree. Yeah. I think this solidifies that this is a three-way title race. Yeah. Because I think had Liverpool won this game, then I think it would have been very difficult for Arsenal to get themselves back in it with 
still having to play city, like still having, you know, like still having too much of the season left with two, with other competitions. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it just, it would have been, it would have been a much more difficult sort of run. I think I I, I, them out completely because I think they're, I don't think you want to say like, oh, like the season's decided in February, but like we talked about this last time, like it's very odd. Like, we aren't playing Liverpool again. Like, we're done playing Liverpool. Like, we played them twice in the Premier League in the span of a month, and we're not playing them again. In so, my yeah. opinion, the season is always won in March. I agree. That's normally when That RPM is when left. the Premier League is won. <laughs> and so it's always won. It's won and lost in March. And yeah, I think I that will be true this year as well. Yeah, but, I think uh, so. I, but this, yeah. the season is decided in March. But February sets up March. Yeah. And so February plays a big role in yeah. March. And so I think what this did is a, it solidifies that this is a three horse race because this is there are right now between first and third, there are, it's two points. Yeah. And if city were to win their game in hand, first and third is three points. Yeah. Um, it's fucking tight. It, so it is as tight as it can be at the yeah. top three teams. Um, both teams, your Liverpool and Arsenal do not play each other again. Both of them still have still play City. City has still has to play both. Yeah. Um, and what it does is it makes what this game particularly does that has nothing to do with Arsenal. Um, it makes Liverpool have to beat City. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Liverpool now has to beat Manchester City. If Liverpool do not beat Manchester City, they will not win the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, unless I guess this is all predicated on the fact that we're assuming that they're probably all going to beat the team. This is assuming that all three teams, nobody, none of the three teams, like, have a collapse somewhere. Which I don't think should be an assumption when we're discussing Arsenal, but whatever. I, I think that I'm a little bit less on, like, this so is confident, but I... No, but I'm going to I'm going to talk, all of this is predicated on the assumption that there are no major injuries or collapses within these yeah. teams. Yeah. right like truly unfathomable like sort of lost streaks or anything like that yeah. all three of these teams are going to lose games between now and the end of the season um but the assumption is that they're all going to lose a similar amount a close amount that this is yeah. i think this is a title race that is going to be decided at the end on the last day i think this is a this is a championship sunday title that's how it feels to me. I like, I like how you really. think. I think that for me, I, I, I don't disagree. I think, I think, I'm I think a little it will bit... be down to two teams by yeah, championship. I was going to say that. I don't know which two. I think, it, but I don't think we will crown a, an actual title winner before the last day. Yeah, I think one of the teams close. will have dropped off. Yeah, it's probably going to be Arsenal. I'm just, gonna, I just, I'm just leveling my expectations because I didn't level them last year. <laughs> I know you're not saying anything. I'm just, I'm just I'm leveling not saying my anything. expectations. But I think one of them is going to drop off. I think it very well could be Liverpool. If City beats Liverpool. When do they play? They play in March. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> they play in March. They play relatively early in March. I think, I think well, if well, City we... beats Liverpool, because they it's at Anfield, I believe. Yeah, I think it is. If City beats Liverpool at Anfield, yeah. I don't think Liverpool wins the league. What I think is going to be super. What we talked, I texted you this because I was like, Liverpool's defense looked really out of sorts in this game against Arsenal, and I just couldn't tell if, they, like, beyond beyond just the second goal, like the Van Dyke Allison like mess up, like they looked out of sorts throughout the game. 
And I texted you, I was like, I don't know if this is just like a one-off thing or if this is something that is going to withstay, like stay around. And I think it does. And I think Liverpool may be in a little bit of trouble, but I, I just don't know. I think it'll be interesting um, to see if, because what I was, I, it'll be interesting to see what Liverpool does, especially with Trent Alexander-Arnold, because I saw some people pretty upset that he like stayed in the game in the second half. Um, Part of the problem was outside of, Klopp's control in the sense that um, the young Connor Bradley, who had been playing in that position, had a uh, very unexpected death in his family and yeah, was there. So he wasn't able to play this game. Yeah. Um, very understandably so. Um, yeah. Which makes sense. So, it, I think it would have been interesting. Anyway, all this being said, I just think it really is the. Pe- I, it's. I do agree with you that I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Liverpool does. Like next week i don't know who they play yeah, i think liverpool liverpool need to win this weekend well they played um, burnley so i hope for their sake yeah they so, do win. but i think they not only need to win but they need to win big against yeah burnley. probably they need to win four five they need to score a bunch against burnley to just sort yeah, of get and, and probably like you know not concede goals because i think to sort of transition us into to City's game on Monday, I think Arsenal yeah. made a statement with that game. As messy as the game was, top to bottom, it was certainly not either team's best performance of the season. But yeah. for Arsenal to have grounded out and gotten that result, they looked much better in the second half, generally speaking. Um, but for especially the second half of the second half, um, but for them to have grounded out and then for City to come from behind on Monday and win three to one at Brentford, that's five games on the bounce for City. Um, four four away games at one from behind. Yeah, um, is both teams, both Arsenal and City, I feel like made statements in their wins this weekend, which mm-hmm. is like we're here, we need business. So yeah. Liverpool needs to answer that next weekend with a we're still here and we still mean business too. Um, yeah, and Burnley is a great is a great team for them to be set up to play because that is certainly a team that they can pound. Um, yeah, I, I think that you would expect them to, and I, I don't think that I don't think it's right to be like I don't think I really do not feel like they, Liverpool is about to collapse right now. No. I don't feel that way at all. I'm just saying like they need to. They are now because they lost to Arsenal. They cannot. They are now not in a position to be able to drop any more points. Really, yeah, they really can't drop many more points at all because yeah. this is going to be. To, tra- to transition to the city's game, city is now fully healthy, firing on all fronts. This is city's this is city's time. This is the time of year where they get rolling. They've started their ball. Their ball is rolling downhill. Like this is where we get those really tight title races. Nobody, none of these three teams can stumble because if you stumble, you're out. Basically, at this point, all three of them. If you know, if Arsenal loses a, a a wonky game, they're done. If City loses to Liverpool, they're probably done. Like if our like you know what I mean, like at dropping points that you you have to win your big game. What this sets us up for is all three teams have to beat the they have to win. They have to beat the teams they need to win. They can't do stupid draws. They can't be doing stupid losses. They can afford to lose maybe a game or two. Like nobody is going to be able to afford a lot of drop points in this because everybody else here is, this is three sharks. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that from an Arsenal perspective, 
I think last year was just, was different. I think because yeah. basically I've said this before, like Sue was just hunting us down, and it was it felt inevitable, and it was inevitable. And, and also, it was like Arsenal didn't. I don't think Arsenal expected to be in that situation. No, and at the start of that season, no. No, no, no. But at the beginning of this season, I think that, like, this is exactly where, like, the expectations would have had us. I think that, like, people expected Liverpool to have a bounce back season, and they obviously expected City to be good. And I think the question was, can Arsenal, like, seriously actually hang? Like, can they hang around with these teams? Like, can they hang around and, like, be in the conversation in February and March for the title? And right now they're showing me they can. They had a bad spell. They had, they did, they, they're coming out of a bad spell. And in, in reality, I don't, I don't mind that. I, I don't mind that we had a bad spell in December. I'd rather you're have that spell have, now. You're well, allowed to have a spell a bad spell. It needs yeah. to end by February. Yeah. And normally we start our bad spells in February. So I'm like fingers crossed. We've like gotten our shit together. We also are always... gonna have some boosts of people coming back from injuries. Yeah. So like it, like things are lining up for us for it to be like I mean, I'm not about to say I think we're going to win the Premier League. I I don't think that we're going to win the Premier League, but I think that we have the capacity to make it quite fun and quite competitive and, like, really go for it. You know, like, I think that, like, we can, we can do it. Like, and that's, and that's going to be good because in reality, I I think Arsenal's going to be hanging around for uh, at least some years to come. I think our team is average Mm -hmm. age of what, like, 26, like. So I think what's really exciting about this is that it is just just the fact that it's a three horse race. And yeah. I think it's going to stay a three horse race for a while. I don't yeah. know that it will be a three horse race on the final day, but it's going to be a three horse race, I think, until April, at least. Yeah, it's um, going to be interesting. Like, It'll be interesting. I think I think also it really depends if Arsenal can go to City and get a result. I think a tie would be a result for Arsenal away at City. Yeah. Um, but it, that game will be after they play Liverpool. I believe so. Yes, I think so. So that so things may have. I don't know. I mean, I think they have to win either way. But I think things could be a little bit. But I think out. I think we haven't had a three horse race in quite a quite. quite yeah, it's we've gonna had be two fun. horse races. We've had races that are over, you know, in March or fe- late February, and we've had. And we've had two horse races. It's been a while since we've had a true sort of three team, any of the three team, more than two teams could reasonably come away with it at the end of the season. And we're at a position right now, you know, coming into February where there are three teams that you could certainly imagine winning the Premier League. Um, I want to talk specifically a little bit about the city Brentford game. Not a ton to say, but just a little bit. Um, City went down. Renford, we know, are good on the attack. It is what it is. It's kind of similarly, um, City had – it was definitely against the run of play. City had, as usual, um, a lot of a lot of shots. And Brentford's goalkeeper, who has, like, one of the worst save percentages in the Premier League, yeah. was, like – had 12 arms in the first half Look, like he played show up. <laughs> 45 minutes of his life like um all credit to him he he played a really good first half made a bunch of really impressive saves I think he had nine saves in the first half yeah. which for the record is like more than most goalies have in 90 minutes yeah like yeah, yeah. um so really good really really excellent half from from Brentford's 
uh, keeper in the first half. Phil Foden snuck one in right at the end, much like we talked about with Liverpool. Um, best time to best time to score if you're trying to lead a comeback. Um, and City did what Liverpool could not do, um, and and mounted that in the second half. Phil Foden scored his second ever Premier League hat trick. His second his second goal of the three was a header. The last time Phil Foden scored a header in the Premier League was his very first Premier League goal against, guess who? Tottenham Hotspur. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. It's his second ever hat trick. His two, his first hat trick was against Manchester United. I do know that. I do know that because I remember you being like, oh my God, to me. Yeah. And um, you're like that too. I think of that game fondly. Um, but yeah, second ever hat trick for Phil Foden, a really, really strong performance from him. And not only for the goals, but very exciting in the sense that, uh, De Bruyne and Foden played 90 minutes alongside each other. Yeah. yeah, That's good for you. That's, that's, um, it's good to see. I mean, like, again, it's good to see De Bruyne back and I'm not a De Bruyne hater, so I, but it's, but it's, it is as a city fan, very exciting to see that they can play in that position mid the two of them together which is i there was a little concern everyone felt like phones had such a good season like there's no way he's going to move him out um you know back out to the wing like it just there's no way but everybody kind of had a little little niggling of fear that with de bruyne coming back foden was going to be displaced um and i think this game proves that you can absolutely have both of them playing in their best position and it complement each other um yeah and I think they looked great. Um, Holland did not score, but he did play, if not the full night, I think he played a full 90. I'm not sure we made any subs in this game. I'm not going to lie. Um, but That's uh, Arsenal. Arsenal Holland, making subs. Holland did come back, um, did play, didn't score, but um, that's okay. He actually had an assist yeah. on a really nice assist, actually, for Phil Foden's uh, third goal. Um, another really good game sort of barring the goal which was a bit of a miscommunication I believe with the high line um and Ivan Tony also set up a really nice play um but barring that a a pretty good defensive performance from City Ruben Diaz um there's a running joke this is a horrible thing but it's funny um Ruben Diaz the joke is Ruben Diaz has to be single Ruben Diaz plays his best football when he's single. So he had a girlfriend for the first half of the season um, when he wasn't playing super well. And they broke up around New Year's, I guess. Oh, and he's played great since then. So it's like everybody so have like a ban up. on him having any love life until. Yeah. When they broke up, all the Twitter jokes were uh, Ruben had to had to let her go for the, oh, for the, the so season, for the title race, hope- like. Yeah, it's like not very kind to this girl. Like, and I don't know anything about their. I didn't even know he had a girlfriend until they broke up. Yeah, but it's, it's funny. Um, yeah. and I don't yeah. know anything about her or or their relationship. I know, but it was. It's like a funny thing that it's like Ruben. Ruben made a, a sacrifice for the the club. Basically, was like the running joke. Um, but it's kind of funny how it's kind of been true. <laughs> yeah, like, he's played much better since they broke up. Um, which is probably you know, um less more of a a a sort of he's playing better so we're blaming the girlfriend um as opposed to it actually having any correlation yeah I think it's a it's a correlation does not equal causation kind of yeah most likely Um, but it's kind of funny nonetheless um 
So yeah, good, um, good performances really all around. The d city definitely needs to figure out how to keep some clean sheets. We've not done great on that, but we often only give up one goal, um, which I guess is okay when you score three, four, five, but I would like Don't to stop. Don't say that. That's like a slippery slope, man. I used to say that with Arsenal and then we started like losing games one zero. So well, I, I'm just saying, mostly for me, City is looking really good. They're look, everybody is healthy. They have their full squad available for the first time this season, um, which is, you know, I, I'm obviously pleased about. Um, this is a good time for that to be happening. You know, everything is starting to to roll. And, you know, if we we play the first game of the weekend this week, we play Everton yeah. Um, early Saturday morning. And if we win that game, we will go back to the top of the league uh, for the first time since November, I believe, um, if only until Liverpool plays and should they win. But um, just basically, you know, it's a three horse race. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a, a stressful run in, I think, for for everybody involved. Um, but hopefully it's pretty fun. I'm, you know. There can only be one winner, but um what if like I, they like tied on all of the parameters possible? <laughs> yeah. One playoff uh, game. That would be okay, this would never happen. But wouldn't it be crazy if they tied on all of the parameters possible and then like they played one singular game as like a final game? Wouldn't that be insane? I don't think I think I would actually die. I don't think I would watch if it was I don't think I could do it. Like no, I don't think I could do it. No, 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 I definitely couldn't do it. I think I like I think my heart would explode. Like I don't think I could do it. Just like drop out of my body. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. Don't speak that into the universe. Um <laughs> I, I mean I won't. The problem is if I say anything, someone in the football world will be like, Oh, that's a fantastic idea. Like, let's just change. Right. It. That's why I'm like, don't <sighs> yeah, okay. Let's say that. Never uh, ever appear heard it. Um <laughs> uh yeah, anyway. Um Chaos. We're, we're we're just all set up for for everything we said sort of said about what the um about the uh about the Liverpool Arsenal game. Last note I have about the city and uh Phil Foden is that Southgate has got to find a way to play Phil Foden in the midfield for England. Shit, but that should not be that hard for him now. No. There's no reason that the midfield for England shouldn't be there it's there's such an obvious midfield three it's comical it should be rice bellingham foden yeah i just don't really understand why you would ever want anything different that's like the best like do you know how good of that's a midfield like, that is that's like the best midfield any that's ever. like, if, not like ever, not if you ever, were not making ever. a midfield from scratch yeah you might like, just have any three players of any they don't have to be the same nationalities like that's one of the best midfield threes that you could come up with yeah and they're all and they're all young. Yeah, he will screw it up. But like, I know, we, I, I know we've said this. That could be England's midfield for the next 10 years. Yeah, no, no shit. And the fact is, is that they have the rest of the players around them. Like, to have like a front three, that's basically the same. Like, do you understand? Do you understand how good England could be? I think they really need to get rid of Southgate. Like, I think that they could. The fact that I England have. Reality, they could win the World Cup in 2026. But I think that they need to like get Southgate out and like just do it. Speaking of speaking of the 2026 World Cup.
We need to pour one out real quick for the fact that the World Cup final is going to be in East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. I think I actually am so happy for this because I was like, oh, it's going to be like in LA. It's going to be in Las Vegas. Boo Have you ever been to MetLife, Rachel? Uh, have I? No, I've driven past I don't know. it. <laughs> well, yeah, I've driven past it. It's in the fucking New Jersey swamp. It's in the Meadowlands. Yeah, I yeah, have. It's, uh, it's hilarious. No. I, it's comical. It's fucking. It's no. a comedy show. No, I just think it's so funny, and I like love it because it's so funny, and like all of us East Coasters can like shit on New Jersey, but all of us can be like quite happy that it's like in our time zone. I just think yeah. it's funny. The other thing that is absolutely incredible about the World Cup schedule coming out is that there is a game, a round of 16 game in Philadelphia. I know. The 250th anniversary of the 4th of July. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know who's in charge. No, someone did that on purpose. I need FIFA's corruption to come in real hard here and figure out how to make that USA versus England. They better buy all the grease in the universe. Those poles need to be greased. <laughs> <laughs> because win or lose, Philadelphia doesn't fuck around. They'll scare the English because they'll be so in poles. Be jumping off roofs. They'll I be climbing poles. They're the English will be confused. I know. I was looking at the schedule. There's some good games. There's going to be, I mean, Boston and like Foxborough. So, you know, like close to me, but I'm like, I would consider going home for the, that Philly. Like I'm obviously, I want to go to at least one game. I don't know, like logistically wise, what will be up, like not even like, you know, in two years, but I think it would be, it would be so much fun to go back to Philly and like see that game. And like, I just think that here's the, here's the thing. I will try to go to the final the odds that i end up actually being able to afford that's how i feel to go to the final are not high no Uh, i don't think so if i can if i can figure out how to go to the final like if i can swing that in any way shape or form i will go to the final sure um and and the nice thing about it being where it is at least for us rachel is that we would not have to get a hotel or anything like that. We could go home to our parents after the game. Um, yeah, like like some some like an hour also, like, accessible via like public transit, you know. So like there is some like way that we could. I we also could, have, like I have family who live in New York. Like I also have friends that live in Manhattan. Like you know, yeah. right? Like yeah, it's it is very ideal. Maybe that's probably why we're. I don't know. I was Except, like, oh uh, yeah, it's a pretty ideal really- place for us. Um, yeah. other than anywhere other than like Philadelphia honestly in reality like East Coast definitely won on this yeah in, like a pretty and I, I I would have anticipated that but um you never really know and I do think yeah. the East Coast kind of won I mean out, I think um, I think like so so basically back to the whole thing I will try to go to the final yeah. I don't know that that's going to happen. I think more realistically, I will be able to get to the round of 16 game in Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I think, think so. more real, that is a more realistic goal that I will be able to go to that. There are going to yeah. be five group stage games, I believe in Philly. So I would love to be able to go to multiple games. Um, I don't know exactly yeah. how FIFA prices their world cup. I assume uh, the group stage games will be relatively cheap if they're like, yeah. you know, not. I don't US. know. I don't know. All I know, the only context I have for it is Euro 2020, um, because I did, for those of you who don't know, I did, before it was postponed to the following year, I did have tickets to go to Euro 2020. 
Um, I actually, but I actually feel like, I really feel like I'm meant to be at that round of 16 game on the 4th of July because I was meant to be at the Euro quarterfinal on the 4th of July in Rome. Yeah. That's what I had tickets to. Yeah. I think I definitely, definitely will try. I think, yeah, I think that it's super exciting. It's a little ways off, but it's just fun to think about. And yeah, England should get their shit together. I think they really have a good chance if they actually do something correctly. Um, my dad wants to try to volunteer like be a volunteer um I would, like, I would do that like in I guess Foxborough if like yeah, unfortunately people. I mean I don't know for sure that I will I will probably still be living here in yeah. 2026 I don't have any plans to go anywhere else but you never know it's two years away mm-hmm. um you never know what's gonna happen but unfortunately I do not I am not in a city that is hosting any games um I'm only you know I'm about an hour and a half from from an hour 45 minutes from Philly yeah. but I'm not um I'm in DC and DC is not hosting anything yeah, it'll be really interesting uh-huh. too I think similarly for MetLife but also like Fox like the weird thing about some and less of a for Philly but like the like New England Patriots Stadium like is not in Boston like it's in Foxborough like I can get there on like the train but like it's not in the city and it's well, really I said, interesting I actually said this cities, like manage a little bit of like that type of aspect I actually said this to one of my coworkers on Monday. Um, if not for the fact that I think, I think the the one of the big reasons that MetLife and New York, New Jersey, New Jersey, uh, <laughs> got it is the New York City media market. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think yeah. that's why that's why they put it there, which makes yeah. a lot of sense, and I totally get that. But I think if you were thinking pure logistics, Philadelphia makes a lot more sense. Yeah, which is wild that we think that, but yeah, I agree. But because the way that the way that the sports complexes is, is set up in Philadelphia is really good, in my opinion, I think there's a ton of parking. I think you could do watch parties it for at the other stadiums, um, yeah. right, that are there. Um, the link has recently been renovated. Yeah, the link is nice. Uh, actually. The link is like, really nice. nice. It was renovated yeah. like last year, like really recently. Yeah, like yeah. it's really nice. Yeah, it's a nice uh, stadium. And you can get it's it is it's easy to get to the stadiums on Philly's public transportation. Now, I think New York's New York City as a city has better public transportation than Philadelphia, but getting out to MetLife is not it's any- not actually easy at all. I actually it's not easy at all. You have the New Jersey now. Transit. Yeah, um, to get any yeah. I didn't realize, I thought that the MTA went there, but no, you had to get off of it and get onto New Jersey Transit. I yeah, so so it's actually... I, I don't, the thing about Philly is I don't know if they have, I don't know if the city, I'm mean, like, yes. To me, I think, and like, does that, would that city have the capacity to host a final like the World Cup? I think that's the question mark that maybe... I, I think they do. Okay, um, I think they probably do. I think it would just be different. It would, it would be different, but I think... I think if you were thinking pure logistics and not thinking about the media market per se, yeah. the Philadelphia setup just works a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, In reality, though, like they're never to like it with my no, it very never- strong Philly mindset of like everyone hates us. Like they were never going to put the World Cup final at Philadelphia. Like that would never. But they weren't going to do it because because part of the reason is because it, when you're bringing in a global audience the way it is yes. it is much more ex- it's much more exciting to be able to draw people to new york city it's just yeah. easier to do that it was always going to be new york or la i thought well that's people, said, 
people said it was going to be Texas. And I was like, there's no way well, in hell. So here's the other thing. Obviously, the Texas stadium is going to be, uh, I guess the Texas stadium would have been closed. But like that final could be fucking hot. Yeah, it will be hot. Like it's going to be hot everywhere. It'll be hot in New York. Like, no, but it no that's, be... that's my that's my point. Like, I think it's like, it's going to be nasty. Like, I know the final will probably be played at night, so hopefully it's better, but, like, it could be, like, 90% humidity out there. In what? When's the final? Like, late July? I think it's going to be June. Early July. Early July. July. Yeah. Like, that's that. Like, that's, like... Like, it's before my birthday. I know. Yeah. And I don't... I didn't look... Because I saw something where they were like, oh, they're going to play, like, in Miami. And I was like, who in their right minds would want to play a soccer game in Miami in June? I think... That's also stupid. (laughs) I think some of the stadiums do have, like, southern stadiums do have roofs on them. Yeah, I mean, they're whatever but, the American football stadiums are, but, so they do. And and yeah. if it had been played in Dallas, then it would have had, a, it would have it, been. It, they do have a roof there. Yeah. But I thought, I always thought it was probably going to end up at MetLife um, yeah. because, because L.A., SoFi in L.A., really sort of gets sunk by L.A.'s public transportation, I think. Yeah, no, I Even I though we, we're talking smack about about MetLife's public transportation system, which is, it's not great, but there is one. You there can. One. Yeah. And there's just nothing. There's nothing in LA. Just, there's nothing. There's nothing in LA. Um, and I'm kind of happy just because obviously like I get annoyed. Also, I think- the other thing is that time zone alone, like East coast U S time zone is it's a better, better global time zone than yeah. West coast U S. Yeah. No, um, it's, you know, we're, we're pretty decent time for Europe. Yeah, it'll be super late in Europe. I, I doubt the game will be kicked off super late, like East Coast time, you know? No, I I would expect, honestly, I'd expect like a 3 p.m. kickoff for the final. That's 9 p.m. in in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is, I think, maybe a four, maybe five, I think would be, five would be an 11 p.m. kickoff in that's UK. UK and I feel like that's a little late. Um. Yeah. Because the, the farther you go east, yeah. the later it gets. Yeah. I feel like 3 p.m. U.S. time is is what the kickoff is going to be in my yeah. I think. Yeah, it's um, going to be some. It's going to be something like that. I think. Like I think we're going to have a lot of early mid to early afternoon kickoffs for us. Yeah. Um, and some evening ones. Yeah. Um, but mostly earlier to. I think the West Coast games are going to be earlier. Yeah, they will be um, early. Yeah. But we'll see um, how it how it plays out in terms of game time. But um, very exciting stuff. We're getting you know obviously more news for that that World Cup that we. There's are... obviously a lot of also like a lot of time in between now and then, but it's just something for us to look forward to. I also continuously also forget not... that we're hosting the Olympics too in 2028. Copa America. <laughs> so we're, host- we're hosting Copa America this year. We're ho- hosting the Club World Cup next year. And then okay. we're hosting the World Cup. That's so stupid of us. And then and, the, and that's then what's the even stupider. We still don't know where the 2027 Women's World Cup is going to be. I will just say, I may actually lose my shit more if that ends up in the... I don't know if it's going to end up in the US. But if it ended up somewhere close to me, I think I would just go and watch every single one of the Netherlands games. Just watch Mediabuck play. I mean, as someone who <laughs> has been to a Women's World Cup before... Um, when they had it in Canada, I went to five games, I believe, um, which was a really, really awesome experience. 10 out of 10, if you can ever go to a Women's World Cup, do so. It is 
fantastic atmospheres and it was fantastic atmospheres you know nearly 10 years ago now and i'm sure it's even better now oh Um, and it's also a lot cheaper maybe not it might not be in like it might not be in 2027 to be fair but it was in 2015 um it'll be really interesting it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun and maybe my last comment on this it's gonna be really interesting to see if like the american like not infrastructure oh well physical infrastructure but like social infrastructure is going to be able to handle this i think it will i think it'll be interesting though i think it'll be interesting to see um i think it'll be like i think the u.s handles so much tourism right now yeah it's just not concentrated in the same way yeah um I think people kind of forget, like, if you don't do a lot of, like, internal U.S. tourism travel, right, which we do a lot as Americans, like, we go to other places in the U.S., but, like, when when you go to national parks, fuck ton of, you know, tourists from around the world. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Or if, like, anytime I'm in New York City, if you're anywhere near sort of, like, Times Square at all it's a madhouse yeah it's insane from all over the place and I say that as somebody who I've never lived in New York City but I'm not a tourist like that anymore when I go to New York City the first time I ever went to New York when I was like 12 that was true or 11 13 11 I don't remember how old I was child um I was like that but I now go to like see my friends that live there and I've been there enough times like I have no desire to go near Times Square um, oh I'd never go near Times no. Square anymore uh so like it's not it's a different experience when you're not a, a tourist in New York but um it's just it's it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be I mean it's gonna be fun I think that it's gonna be interesting how they're gonna do it across three countries is kind of insane I I think that player welfare is gonna be something that might be hotly paid attention to yeah I think um, it'll be especially because it's an expanded world cup as well um, God, I forgot so I'll be interested I think while I think generally speaking an expanded world cup is a good thing um I also think it'll be interested. I'll be interested to see how they set it up in terms of, I think the smartest thing to do would really be to base teams really strategically. Like I know, for example, the U S is going to be based on the West coast for the group stages. Um, but I think if they were smart, they would set up the brackets and the group stages in such a way where it was kind of constant, like they sort of slowly moved towards the Northeast like yeah. in like that you don't jump jump from like LA to Atlanta like that you jump from yeah. LA to I don't to like Texas to Arrowhead to, to Kansas City for those yeah of you. I, I yeah I was like I know what you're talking about I know you do but like for the uninitiated Kansas City at Arrowhead to Philadelphia to New York right like yeah. that you go sort of more gradually or like you come down from Toronto to box hall like um you know to sort of you know you, yeah. you yeah, sort of more gradually move towards I think you certainly could do it in an intelligent way that let like, you come up from Mexico City to Dallas to Atlanta or you know from Miami to Atlanta to that sort of let you the teams yeah. move gradually so that there is less wit- t- travel wear and tear um 
that being said like the women's world cup for example australia's big yeah uh, and they were also in new zealand and that seemed to work out okay no, i think they made it work I, th- I think it's totally possible i think yeah they know. just have to be strategic enough yeah. about where they're basing teams and how they're setting up the brackets that it allows people to not have to go like from dallas to massachusetts back to dallas like that kind of thing like they should not be doing that um which I'm sure somebody is is thinking of, hopefully. But anyway, it'll be really interesting to see. We will sort of keep discussing that as it comes up. Um, one last sort of quick, quick little thing. Um, there were some pretty big upsets in or not upsets but sort of shifts of power in the super, women's super league yeah. um this weekend really just one result but it um it was just one result and it was my it shook, result. It, it shook the standings up a, a, a little bit yeah um, for the uninitiated no team in the WSL has ever lost three games and won the league I do think, I'm not going to lie, I do think the days are soon coming where that is not going to be true anymore. Because I, I, also, think, I also agree. I think the league is becoming much more equitable. Yeah. Um, and I, but that being said, there is not a lot of room for error in the WSL. No. There are fewer games to be played. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, There are fewer games that are played. So yeah. only 12 teams for those of you who don't know. Um, and so drama basically the big result of the weekend um, is that West Ham surprise really a big pretty big upset because West Ham is it's a big upset it was massive which is sad for Uh, me but it was a good upset so upset Arsenal who is always a title contender Um, they came back and won two to one um after Alessia Russo had started the scoring. Um, but this really just shaked things up. There are there are now five points, or six points, sorry, between league leaders, Chelsea, and uh, third place, Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so Arsenal do now have those landmark three losses. Um, that being said... Chelsea are in a bit of a weird spot in the sense that they are missing one Miss Sam Kerr. Um, I think that I don't know if Arsenal will be able to win the league this year. I I don't know. I I actually don't know how many games are left actually, but I don't think that it's written. They are off just Chelsea. past the halfway point. Okay, yeah. So there's really not that many more games left. There are there are two games past the halfway point. Yeah. So what? There's like what? I think they could make I think they can make it competitive. I think between them and City, I think they can push Chelsea. I would really like to see I think that I just would like Chelsea to not win. Yeah, me too. I mean me like, too. And, and I mean I, I City's how many points back? Three, four? Three. 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 I mean, I think it's totally reasonable to say that. City can catch them. I mean, in reality, like I think that Arsenal might be able to catch them too. It's just like a little bit harder now. 
I think I feel about city women the way you feel about Arsenal men in the sense that like they are good they should be better than they that's true and they like choke um I think we flip-flopped react like my Arsenal women's team is like yeah, well, I think I feel like about your city women city. the way you feel about Arsenal men and you feel about Arsenal women the way I feel about City men. I yeah, think we yeah, yeah. have sort of reversed um, feelings about these. Um, particularly, I am not, do not have a whole lot of faith in the City women, particularly because I don't really like our coach and I haven't, he's been there for ages and I don't like him. Yeah. Um, and particularly because the ACL epidemic has struck again with uh, Jill Ward, um, who is one of um which is she was having a, a great 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 season um and that is a real big loss for them of course they do have players that are quite good without you know Jill Roard but I do think that that's a blow um yeah. and City we're going to be hard pressed to I don't think Chelsea's going to run away with it I think both City and Arsenal are too good um but I I don't feel great about somebody dethroning Chelsea, which I kind of hate because I really want Chelsea to be dethroned. But at the same time, it is Emma Hayes' final season, so, like, whatever, I guess. Um, but Chelsea do not seem to be breaking stride with the loss of Sam Kerr. Mia Fischel has played quite U.S. American. Um, yeah. Mia Fischel has played quite well um it sounds like um the women's game is about to go on an international break mm-hmm. um the women's gold cup is about to happen fun fact we'll talk about that when it, cup, when it yeah. comes yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh they are about to take a break uh and latest we heard katarina macario is likely to be back playing after said yeah. break which is for us u.s um fans very exciting um i'll be interested to see where she fits in at chelsea final notes i think two quick things um there were two sort of big name transfers out of the wsl into the nwsl um jess fleming left chelsea Mm -hmm. uh and went to join several other canadians at the portland thorns and the more surprising move, I think, was Jen Beatty leaving Arsenal uh, to join the NWSL expansion team, Bay FC. Yeah. All I got to say is this about Jen Beatty moving. Arsenal fans on Twitter had a fucking meltdown about it. Really? I'm not on Twitter. I never see these things. So I don't know how I ended up like, I don't follow any of these girls, but I ended up seeing for like a week, I was really on like Arsenal Women's Football Club Twitter for a hot second. It was in a very annoying place to be. I think it's because I ended up on the side of Twitter that was like the crazy people fangirls, you know, like that type of fan that are yeah. like, they all have Leah Williamson as their, or Katie McCabe as their uh, profile picture and they're like annoying. Honestly, um, valid though. So valid. Oh, right. Like I love Katie McCabe and Leah Williamson. Don't get me wrong. But like, it was a level of like insanity that like really turned me off Arsenal women for a hot second there. Like, and I'm not an Arsenal women's fan, but I have a deep respect for most right. of them. 
players. You bet. But it really turned me off them for a hot minute. Like I, so I need a break from like that, those fans so that I don't get, so that I don't build up a resentment that I have no intention of building up. Um, But they were like, they were literally being insane. Like, I was like, I need you guys to like, take a breath. Like, People leave clubs all the time. Like, have a modicum of chill. And, like, also, like, she's nearing the end of her career. Like, what was she, like, like, please, please calm down. Like, you are being- I didn't didn't think it was weird at all. I was like, she wasn't really playing at Arsenal. She clearly wanted something new. Like, she had a great career, but she's she's not really at the- top of anything no, i didn't feel like it was a weird move at I didn't all feel like it was a weird move at all i was like this makes sense like this is sad because she's been a face of the team for so long but to me i was like Meh. well i think there was like the reason that i think it bugged them so much is basically like i guess bay fc fc kind of made some allusion to the fact that they were going to be signing an arsenal player before they announced uh-huh. it I see. made some kind of reference to Arsenal in some way. I don't know if it was a Gunner reference or what exactly they did. I didn't see the reference. But basically, the Arsenal fans got really high and mighty about this reference, being like, you fucking wish you could have one of our players. Who even are you? Like, we're too good. You just want to use our name for clout. Like, that kind of attitude, which was goofy, considering that they signed an Arsenal player, right? Like, yes, they didn't sign Katie McCabe, but like like they just they got very like sort of defensive about the idea that an NWSL club could possibly be signing somebody associated with Arsenal Football Club that I think they then were like embarrassed that they had acted like that when it turned out to be true and then they were just acting really out of pocket about it and I'm kind of like I need you guys to relax it's she they didn't take one of your starters like they didn't it's just not like, I just think like, did not have any fault with this at all. I'm like, am I not so, like the Arsenal fans? But I play. think I am. Like she yeah. wants to play. I know she's a beloved figure at Arsenal. Everybody loves her. I, I that's fine. She wants to play. She didn't go to Chelsea. Like, like yeah, she wants to play, and it makes complete sense that she wants to play. And it like is sad, but Anyway, I don't know. I don't, like they were I kind of behaving here. as though she had gone to, like, a rival of theirs had stolen her away. And I was like, she's playing a different league. Like, like eh, eh, leave her alone. They're never like, going to compete together once. Like, right. like, there's no betrayal here happening here. They didn't no. steal her away from you. Like, she wants to play. Let her go be happy and play. Like, I'm sure she's going to hold Arsenal fondly in her heart forever. Like, I'm, I'm quite sure she will I'm quite sure she will like it's okay um anyways um I'll it'll be interesting to see how the NWSL goes this year with um quite a few influx players from some high profile players yeah that. it'll be interesting to see so I am interested to see how that goes out um I think that wraps us up oh Did yes a short episode because we got sidetracked by the world cup stuff which we forgot about when we were discussing and like a, my tangents i had more tangents than you today right i didn't i didn't have very much tangent today i still want someone to answer my europa conference league question yeah Please. anybody can answer the europa conference league question hit us up i know um, it exists 
anyway, um, we will be back in two weeks, I think. I yeah, can't. We're, um, we're going to be taking a break next week um, due to, to some conflicting schedules, but we should be back in two weeks. So, all right, to you then. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.